Hi, it's Dune here, your host and hype girl. And before we dive into today's episode, I want you to take a hot second to reflect. What's that passion, unique experience, or knowledge you have itching to be shared with the world? For me, it's always been about guiding you and cheerleading incredible women to start your businesses. So what's your thing? You see, everyone's got something they excel at, something they just can't stop talking about. And it turns out that one of the best ways to monetize those passions is through sharing that thing with the world as a digital course product. My life's work has been to chat with more than 600, 7, 8, and 9-figure e-commerce founders. And it's through those conversations that have led me to creating a foolproof playbook and my go-to guide for early-stage founders in the form of my first-ever digital program, e-commerce fundamentals. But it wouldn't have been possible without Thinkific. The beauty of this platform lies in its simplicity. Cute templates and a super easy to use editor. No coding headaches, no tech-induced stress, just pure focus on what matters most, the content. So if you've ever been curious about building a course to teach your passion, this is the way to do it. The genuine support from the Thinkific team turns it from this lonely, confusing headache into the most fulfilling and easy project. Go to the link in my show notes to get a free trial on me. This is Helen Hall for Female Startup Club. everyone, welcome back to the show. It's Dune here, your host and hype girl. Today we're learning from Helen Hall, who is the founder of a business called Blender Bombs. In this episode, we cover her journey from starting this business in her kitchen with just $300, growing organically through consistent social media, the serious ups and downs of entrepreneurship, and how she found mentors that changed the course of her business. Also, I don't know about you, but right now I am totally obsessed with TikTok. So if you're on that platform and you're doing some cool things, let's be friends. You can find me at Dunoshin, D-O-O-N-E-R-O-I-S-I-N. I would love to see what you're up to on TikTok. Now let's get into this episode. This is Helen for Female Startup Club. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Helen, hi. Welcome to the Female Startup Club podcast. Hi. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you here and learn about your business and everything that you're up to. For anyone who's not familiar with your brand yet, do you want to give a quick introduction into who you are and what the business is? Yeah. So I am originally from Atlanta, live in Charleston, South Carolina, 29. And when I was 24, I started a business called Blender Bombs. The first product we launched, the main product, it's like an energy bite, but for smoothies. So it's a superfood ball for your smoothies. It makes it easier to get your superfoods in your smoothie. And honestly, it just makes it easier to make a smoothie. Yeah. I mean, that sounds amazing. I feel like I need that in my life. I would love that. (laughs) Where do you like to start your entrepreneurial story and that kind of journey of thinking, hey, I'm onto something that I could turn into a business here? It was an accident. So I was a personal trainer. Like all through college, I gained 30 pounds, tried to figure out how to lose it, did the whole yo-yo dieting thing. And I wanted a permanent lifestyle because, you know, I would do a random diet and I would lose 15 pounds. But then when I started eating normal again, I would gain it right back. Just like we've all experienced. Right. And then I came across like just a plant forward diet, more plant-based having smoothies. Like I would have a smoothie Monday through Friday. I would eat probably, I like to call it 80, 20, 80% whole food, plant-based 20%, whatever I wanted. And the weight fell off, but it also wasn't a struggle. So I started following, that was like what got me in love with the health and fitness industry. I was a fashion major before, Uh, not in that, not in that realm now, but who knows later. (laughs) And so I started, became a personal trainer, tried to get my clients to do that 80, 20 lifestyle, smoothie lifestyle as well. And they just, they wouldn't do it. They just wanted to exercise, right? You know, they wanted to, you can't out-exercise bad diet. So instead of trying to force them to change their lifestyle, I made a product to make it easier for them to make smoothies because I kept hearing them say, takes too long to make a smoothie. It's annoying. I'm like, honestly, it is annoying. (laughs) I agree with you. Um, And when you are busy, you don't have time to make a smoothie. I had time to make a smoothie because I wasn't, you know, doing a typical nine to five, right? So I took all the dry ingredients that I wanted them to put in their smoothie, rolled it into a ball. 
and um, started giving it to them with their personal training sessions. I didn't make them pay for it. That was a mistake. But, but then <laughs> their wives started asking for them. Their kids started asking for them. Their husbands started asking for them. Like their friends started asking for the blunder bombs. And it was just a very organic way of being like, huh, I guess people want this, you know, might as well charge for it. Were you calling it blender bombs right from the beginning or is that something that you came up with? Because it just sounds so like spot on for exactly what it is. It was actually called a smoothie bomb. And then I got a cease and desist uh, from a company in Australia that I obviously had never heard of because they were in Australia. So we changed the name to blender bombs, which now I know because they were an Australian company, it wouldn't have even mattered. Like I, I could have kept using blender bombs, I mean, smoothie bombs if I wanted to. But I, I actually like the new Blender Bombs better, so it's okay. It worked out. Yeah, I love Blender Bombs. I love an alliteration kind of vibe. Well, I just want to talk about that cease and desist and for a second then um, before I kind of move on. When you got the letter, you know, were you just instantly like, oh, okay, I'll change the name? Or did you have to hire legal representation to be like, what do I need to do? How did you actually handle it in the moment? I Googled what a cease and desist was. I called my friend who was an attorney and they're like, Uh, you don't have to worry about a cease and desist really. And then I started telling them about the company. I started looking up the company and um, they were in Australia. So then he was like, go find the trademark, go look up um, the U S trademark website and see if smoothie bombs is trademarked. And I did, which now I know is uspto.gov. Yeah. I didn't know it. I've never been to a trademark website before. Now I file my own trademarks because I learned that, but it was my first time going to the website and I just played around with the website until I found the search bar, the right search bar for the trademarks, not the patents, not the copyrights, all that stuff. And there was no smoothie bombs. So I knew that they hadn't trademarked it in the United States at that time. But just to like avoid anything, I just changed it to blender bombs. Right. Yeah. Gosh, isn't that interesting how... It's just like one tiny moment. You receive this letter and then you're like, gosh, I've got to change this whole thing that I've worked so hard to build. And you're kind of like, well, I don't want to save myself or I want to save myself the hassle for the future and like take away that risk. But also like right now I'm not doing anything technically wrong. Yes, exactly. And a lot of times cease and desist are sent to scare people. Like I send cease and desist a couple times a year to people. Like if... If I hear someone like honestly sort of slandering something we've done, like my old boss actually used to work at a smoothie bar out of college and he tried to say that I stole the Blender Bombs idea from him, which is not true because he paid me to come up with energy by recipes. But I guess he was just like jealous or something. So he was telling everyone, oh yeah, she stole the Blender Bomb idea from me and it's just not true. So you just send him a cease and desist. It doesn't mean anything. It just scares them and it gets them to be quiet. Did he stop talking about you? Maybe, probably not. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I actually sent that cease and desist myself. I didn't even like pay an attorney to do it. And then I, there was like a more serious cease and desist that I needed to send to a smoothie bar who was using the 8020 trademark that we had as their name. And I sent them the cease and desist. They never changed it, but they actually ended up closing down. I could have sued if I wanted to, but we didn't have enough intellectual property around that trademark for it to be worth because suing someone's like five to $10,000. Like it's a lot of money. 
minimum five to ten thousand dollars. So you just gotta pick and choose your battles. Gosh. Wow. Cool. Okay. Oh my gosh. I jumped ahead. I've got so many questions going back to the very beginning. Been in a lot of lawsuits. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dealing with a lot of lawsuits sounds like a massive headache. My God. It is, especially when the guy I was, this is funny, like the guy I was dating for four years when I first started Blender Realms was an attorney and he did not help me uh, protect my business at all. I like had to figure it out all myself. I don't know. Wow. Good riddance. (laughs) Goodbye. Let's go back to the beginning. I read that you started with, you know, something crazy, like just $300 of capital to build your business. You managed to bootstrap it for, you know, up until recently. Could we go back to the very beginning and talk about the money piece of the puzzle, how you were thinking about money, how you were just thinking about the vision of this business in general? Like, did you expect it to be what it kind of has grown into? Or were you just thinking side hustle? Where was the kind of vision at that point? My entire life, I've always been broke. Um, I grew up like an upper middle class family, but they always, they had me on a budget, like a very strict budget. I had to work for my play money. Um, I was lucky because they, you know, they paid for my college. I mean, I got scholarships and in-state tuition, but they gave me, you know, $400 a month in college to live off of. And I had to make that work for the month. So I was always used to like penny pinching and making sure that what I was buying was worth it. If I wanted an outfit, I would always go to eBay and buy it used. Like if I wanted, um, I remember one time being in college and I fell in love with like these chia seed bars, but they were too expensive. And I remember literally budgeting to pay for these bars like how many of these bars I could have a month so I definitely grew up understanding the value of a dollar and then I had like three hundred dollars in my bank account when I first started this business I was 24 I've been always been a spender because I like nice things (laughs) so I spent all my money on like having a happy life you know I would spend it on experiences or concerts or going out to dinner. I was not a saver at the time, but I wasn't, I never let money stress me out either. And that's like a privileged thing. If I was ever in a bind, you know, my parents would help me out if I needed it. But I did, I tried to like raise myself with the money and not ask for help. Um, Then, so that's why I started personal training as a side hustle, right? So I had $300 in my bank account and it was my birthday. I was turning 24 and I asked my dad to buy my LLC for me. And this was maybe after two or three weeks of rolling these blender bombs for my clients. I had just bought the ingredients from like a Harris Teeter or something, but I'd been making them for about three weeks and I knew it was something. So my dad was like, you need an LLC. And he's always been there. He never supported me. Um, like if I wanted to go out to dinner or movies, like it, I would have to pay for that. But my dad would always pay for my arts and crafts growing up or anything creative I wanted to do. Anytime I wanted to cook, if I wanted to bake, like if I wanted to do anything with my hands, he would always like fund those, pay for that, take me to the art store, give me paint supplies. Um, so I was like, dad, I want to like turn this into a business. He was like, you need an LLC. I don't know what that was. Anyway, he taught me how to get an LLC. And I asked my mom to take me to the grocery store for my birthday present. So I went to Costco and we spent like $150 on ingredients. 
And that's where I got started. And I sold the blender bombs at first just for costs. I didn't value my time at all. I didn't even put a price on it. So I was just getting back money. So I profited like probably, I made like 150 bucks off that first round because my mom paid the $150 to the ingredients. So then I had 150 bucks, right? And then I went and I got more ingredients. And this time I charged more for my time. And then I made, I had like profit $300. And I literally did that for like the first six months, just saving. I penny pinched. I saved everything. I would, um, I think I got a Shopify website like three or four months into it. And if a local person ordered off my Shopify website, I would charge them shipping, but I would go drop it off. So like I saved as much money as I could for the first six months. And then I got to a point where orders were consistent. And the reason they were consistent is because I was posting all day, every day on my social media, which started with 1500 followers. And I talked a lot about baby 20 lifestyle, um, you know, my clients' transformations, my transformation, um, just kind of regurgitating like information that I'd learned and giving credit where credit was due, sometimes not learning the hard way. And I grew to, you know, 12,000 followers in a few months. And then it just kept growing. I've been at like 86,000 followers for like a year now just because I'm not growing anymore. <laughs> but I just started TikTok last week. Um, and it was social media that gave me my follow. I mean, social media that gave me my sales for the first like three years. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. 
If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. So basically to sum up your strategy, it was just organic posting every single day consistently, all day, every day, sharing what your values were, what your mission was, and this 80-20 lifestyle. Not trying to be a fancy influencer, just being like authentic. And that, that was just driving all your sales for the first three years. Wow. Yeah. I mean, for the first year, really, specifically. And then we started doing wholesale about two years later. So for the first two years, I would say, not three. Do you think that it was majority, like specifically from the Instagram and kind of social media landscape? Or do you think it was also in combination with word of mouth and people just sharing it with their friends and kind of people finding you that way? I think people share my social media with their friends. But I don't think people would have talked about it if I didn't focus on social media. Like I got a lot of influencers to, to I would just send packages to influencers and I would form relationships with influencers to, through DM and like support them and they would support me. So it was very relationship based, but I was also never afraid to like ask someone to post and share yeah. the product. I feel like this leads us to around circa 2019 or maybe early 2020 And when I read about you now, I know you're doing like millions of dollars in revenue. The business is, you know, um, valued really high. What takes you from there to now? What are the key kind of strategies and things that moved you forward that connect those dots? Yeah. And before I even get into that, it's so funny hearing people say that because people have a perception, oh, she's national with Whole Foods. Like, oh, they're doing almost 4 million in sales. Like, She's rolling in it. But the truth is, like, I'm not. I'm comfortable, but the business is still, like, penny-pinching as as much as we can. You know, there's been some years that are scarier than others, and that's because it's so expensive to grow. It got to a point where the first year, I was super profitable. Like, cash flow was not – honestly, for the first two years, cash flow was not an issue. But you have to decide, like, am I going to stay this lifestyle company where I grow really slow and like super Southeast focus and I'm happy and got four employees and or am I going to do I want to be a national brand that can one day sell for like millions of dollars? And it's going to be a lot harder of a ride and you're going to have to give up equity and it's going to be it's going to be way more stressful than just like this happy go lucky lifestyle brand. But that's the direction we chose because it's a good product and we want to get it out there. And also like, I'm the type of person where if I'm not growing, I'll go nuts. Like if I'm just doing the same thing every day, I go crazy. Um, So Mm -hmm. a new growth was a strategy, but how you, how I got there was mentorship and finding people who have done it before. Um, I think I could have gotten there a lot quicker if I had found the right mentors at the beginning, but I've always been really bad at asking other people for help. Um, I've always, my whole life, I've tried to like figure it out. My parents are both entrepreneurs in their own way. And I've never asked them for help for anything. Like just, and I still struggle with it because I have been burned sometimes by asking for help and trusting someone and then not, it wasn't the right advice and cost mm-hmm. me 
hundreds of thousands of dollars later and mistakes. So I think finding the right mentorship who's done it before, they've grown a business, that's the best way you can go. The mentors that we've been using right now, the founder of Malk, M-A-L-K, that almond milk company, she has been really helpful, like astronomically helpful. Um, And then another guy who's in the alcohol industry and sales who helped grow a company of like 47 million in sales. And so that's, that has been key is finding people who already have a reputation in the industry. And once you get older and you are successful, like you want to find people to mentor. So don't be afraid to ask people for that. I have two follow-up questions on this. The first is how did you find those mentors and kind of like, how did you approach them to even ask And the second question is like, is it a formal or informal relationship? Like, do you pay them as a consultant ongoing to kind of give you strategies or is it kind of like, let's catch up for a coffee here and there? So it depends. There's mentors and there's advisors and there's consultants and there's business coaches and they're all different. Mentors are the only one of those who are not paid. Um, But they are people who, how I, I ask so the Moth one started off as a mentor for like a year and then we wanted her actively involved in the business and then it became an advisor. Now she's paid, but for the first year she wasn't. She was just giving me free advice um, because she had made so many mistakes and learned from them. And she was like, I just want to teach as many young women out there like what not to do. <laughs> I'm like, I'll listen to you. I'll be your student. <laughs> I will take it. <laughs> yeah. So how I reached out to her was I was, we bought an RV for the business and we branded it with our fun, bright, colorful logo because one of our growth strategies the first couple of years was doing pop-ups. We were meeting customers face-to-face and in person in the Southeast. And we were spending, you know, if I was going to go to Athens, Georgia for a week, we would spend X amount on an Airbnb and I would do $1,000 in sales per pop-up. So then I would calculate, all right, if I do three pop-ups, I'll profit this much. And then you have to subtract housing and travel. So I'm really only profiting this much. And it's like, if I plan to do this once a month for the next two years, would it be worth it for me to get an RV so I can just like stay in these RV parks in these cities? Because at the time I had that like wanderlust, you know, young, I want to just like be on the road sort of vibe. I don't feel that way anymore, but I did feel that way when I was young (laughs) or mid twenties and got that out of my system though. (laughs) Yeah. So we've got the RV and we kept it for like three years and I met August, the founder of Malk, um, we were in Houston for some pop-ups and I just slid into her DMs and I asked if she wanted a cup of coffee. Um, so I tried, when I was on the road, I tried to meet with like at least four people a week, whether it was another business owner or an influencer or an ambassador or something like that. And I just, she just um, looked into the business. She was like, I want to help you. So she gave us like free advice for a bit. And then we brought her on as, as a paid advisor. Wow, that is so cool. Gosh, amazing. I love that also kind of piece of advice, like wherever you are, try and just set yourself a goal to catch up with X number of people and connect and build your network in as many places as possible because obviously you will meet people who will be able to help you, whether it's now or further down the track. Yeah, and I will say I'm so different now. I I don't do that as much anymore because 
at that I always like try to go with my gut, like what I'm feeling, what's working at the time. So during that immediate initial growth phase, I was meeting and networking a ton. But it's gone to a, it got to a point where like now what I need to be involved with in the business is so time consuming where I don't have time to network as much anymore. Um, so now I say no to like 90% of networking things uh, because I have to like pick and choose where I'm going to put my energy. So I did it for the first few years, but now it's, it's totally different. When you think about, you know, when you were starting, you obviously grew a lot organically. You grew through word of mouth. You grew through these pop-ups. Um, and you just mentioned a moment ago, you've started with TikTok recently. What are your kind of biggest drivers for growth now? And how has that evolved? So our subscription is a lot of our sales. Uh, so like 70% of our sales are from our website. And then the rest is wholesale accounts. So we're in Whole Foods and we're in Walmart Um and having a subscription platform is huge. Email drives in a lot of revenue. SMS drives in a lot of revenue. Instagram drives in a lot of revenue. I'm hoping eventually, maybe in a few months, TikTok will be there. <laughs> but we literally just started that. Yeah, I love that. For you, you know, in the kind of phase of business that you're in at the moment, obviously trying to grow and, and do all the things. I imagine you do need a lot of working capital for where you are right now. And I heard that you've been going through a fundraise. Could you tell us a little bit about that experience and what you've taken away from it and kind of just where you are in that journey? Yeah. So capital raise, our first one, it's very scary. I went to school for fashion merchandising. I did not go to school for business. So anytime someone's talked to me about like, and investing or capital raise, I've always just kind of like swept it under the rug because for so long we didn't need it because we weren't like trying to grow very quickly. We were just kind of growing slow and steady. And um, now that we have a clear vision of where we want to go and we have proof of concept, we have proof of sales, like we have a 70% customer retention rate, which or more than that, that means more than 70% of the people who buy from our website once um, in a year buy three and a half more times throughout the rest of the year. So we know that when people try the product and they add it to their life, it works and it makes them feel better. Now we just have to grow and get new customers. <laughs> but the capital raise is, is hard. I don't like asking people for things. I definitely don't like asking people for money. But that's where having our CFO come into play, who's done this before, and then we have um, a chief strategy guy that we pay a monthly retainer for, and he has been helping us with it. We actually stopped the monthly retainer, though, until we raise capital, and he knows that. But I would not be doing a capital raise if I did not have a CFO that I trusted with my whole heart. Finances are not my thing. Um, penny pinching is, <laughs> bootstrapping is, but like understanding pro formas, understanding like budgeting, could never do that. So it's the biggest thing I would say for anyone who wants to go through a capital raise is you've got to get someone on the financial side of things that you trust with your whole heart. 100%. Yeah, that's a really good tip. So we're prepared to give up, you know, 20% of the business, I think. And at first it was 10. And the more I like think about it, especially with the financial climate we're about to go into, I'd rather raise more capital and give up more equity just in case something does happen. Because at the end of the day, I can own 100% of this, you know, 
$4 million company forever. Because it will probably stay around $4 million in sales if nothing ever changes. Or I can give up some of my equity to a really good chief commercial officer and to some investors who can help us scale, like strategic investors, which for people listening, strategic investors, is someone who will kind of be more in the weeds, um, not just like, not just someone giving you their capital. And then it, it's off to the races for you. Like we need advice as we grow. Or I can own, you know, 70 to 80% of something that is doing 20 million in revenue or in annual sales. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 100%. And so for the raise, like, what are you trying to raise? Has it finished? What are you going to be kind of putting that money towards specifically? Is it like team or marketing or wholesale accounts? Yeah. So at first we were going to use a crowdfunding platform because we do have such a strong community. And when, when we mentioned we were doing a raise, like we had a lot of people message or email and be like, hey, like we want to invest, but I only have, you know, $2,000 or something like that. So then we're like, all right, crowdfunding would be the way to go. But as we start talking to legitimate accredited investors, they don't want anything to do with crowdfunding. So this is why it's taken a little bit is because we paused on the crowdfunding side of things. I still am not 100% sold that we're not going to do crowdfunding. Um, it's really right now we've got we've got several like assisting investors, but we're still trying to find the right lead investor. So we're doing a three, three to three and a half million dollar raise. And we're giving up, I think, like 10 to 15 percent of the company. And but it's anyone will tell you who's been through a capital raise, like who you find as your lead is the most important thing. They can make or break your business. They can suffocate you or they can support you. So I've been really, we've been really diligent about finding the right lead investor. We want just like an individual who we don't necessarily want VC money yet. Probably the second round we take on VC money, but right now we just want a strategic individual investor. We've got a few that we're talking to, but we did change. We did lower our business valuation. It was higher at first. It was like, I think it was 25 pre-money, 28 post-money, $3 million raise. And that's because it included our smoothie bar franchise. But what we found is that a lot of the investors aren't, who are familiar with CPG know nothing about the franchise industry. And so it's very confusing to them. Like a franchise is valued more than a CPG. So if a CPG company sells for three to five times, a franchise company will sell from eight to 12 times. And that's because in franchises, you have the royalty fee. So a royalty fee for ours is 6%. So that means if someone opens up a hustle smoothie bar, we bomb enterprises, get 6% of their sales in perpetuity until they close. That's why those companies value out a little bit more. But we changed the raise since a lot of investors, they're not good at both. They're good at one or the other we kind of took out the smoothie bar piece. So now we've got um, the business at like a 20 to $22 million valuation. Wow, that's amazing. And that, yeah, I guess it makes sense to keep it kind of clear and, you know, specific focus and having the right person that can kind of help you grow in one particular area versus like all over the place. When you say a lead investor, like what specifically does make a lead investor? Like what does that even mean when people say that? So it means like if we're doing a three to three and a half million dollar raise, um, 
the minimum check size that we prefer is a million. Like they need to invest a million or more. And then we'll have, you know, five or six other investors split the rest. Yeah. That's what a lead would be. Got it. So they set the price. So if we give the lead a $20 million valuation, we have to give all the other investors like a $20 million valuation. So that's why we can't like sign paperwork with anyone until we secure the lead that we feel comfortable working with. Right. Got it. Okay. Amazing. Cool. I don't think I've ever like had that properly kind of broken down on the show. So glad to know it. Thank you so much. Yeah. I wish I had had it broken down to me before. (laughs) (laughs) The Bible of um, terms in building a business. Yeah. And this, this might be interesting for your listeners too, is we're doing it on a preferred note. So that means basically um, in layman's terms, if we were to sell the company for like at least, you know, three and a half million, um, which we would do no matter what, there is like a worst case scenario. Say the company fails and goes to shit. We sell it for three and a half million. The investors get that money first and I would get nothing. Right. So that it's preferred. So they're protected. Right. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay, cool. Obviously the reason they're investing is because they want us to sell the company for like, you know, 50 million one day. Wow. So exciting. I'm excited for you. What a big change. It's all happening. (laughs) I'll be excited when I see it in my bank account. (laughs) Gosh, what an exciting day that's going to be. Yeah. One day. What do you think is your best piece of advice for entrepreneurs who are in the food industry specifically, or perhaps like even what was the best piece of advice you'd received from your mentor that kind of, you know, changed something for you? I think it's really important, um, entrepreneurs and the food industry to come up with something different. I have seen so many people try and start businesses or like make a better version of something, you know, and CPG is one of those things that it does require a lot of funding. If you want to grow, I got so lucky in that blender bombs had not been done before and there really was no competition. Uh, We also tried to start like a brownie and cookie line, but like a vegan gluten-free brownie and cookie line. And the thing is like, there's a ton of, ton of those already out there that are so well-funded that our marketing just like can't compete with those products. So we had to scale back and focus only on like the blender bombs, which we don't have competition out there. The product actually works. It's like our testimonials are through the roof. That's because it's a different product. So CPG, food industry entrepreneurs, if you're going to go for it and you're going to invest a lot of your money into this business, make sure the product is extremely unique. Read the book, um, Play Bigger. Play Bigger. We will link that in the show notes for anyone who wants to check it out. Hey, it's June here. Thanks for listening to this amazing episode of the Female Startup Club podcast. If you're a fan of the show and want even more of the good stuff, I'd recommend checking out femalestartupclub.com where you can subscribe to our free newsletter. We send it out weekly covering female founder business news, insights and learnings in D2C, and interesting business resources. And if you're a founder building an e-commerce brand, you can join our private network of entrepreneurs called Hype Club at femalestartupclub.com forward slash hype club. 
We have guests from the show joining us for intimate Ask Me Anythings, expert workshops, and a group of totally amazing, like-minded women building the future of D2C brands. As always, please do subscribe, rate and review the show, and post your favorite episodes to Instagram stories. I am beyond grateful when you do that. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's June here. Thanks for listening to this amazing episode of the Female Startup Club podcast. If you're a fan of the show and want even more of the good stuff, I'd recommend checking out femalestartupclub.com where you can subscribe to our free newsletter. We send it out weekly covering female founder business news, insights and learnings in D2C, and interesting business resources. And if you're a founder building an e-commerce brand, you can join our private network of entrepreneurs called Hype Club at femalestartupclub.com forward slash Hype Club. We have guests from the show joining us for intimate Ask Me Anythings, expert workshops, and a group of totally amazing, like-minded women building the future of D2C brands. As always, please do subscribe, rate and review the show, and post your favorite episodes to Instagram stories. I am beyond grateful when you do that. (laughs) 